0: Welcome to another edition of Theological Ramblings, presented by Trinity Lutheran Church. It's time to ramble.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of Theological Ramblings, the podcast from Trinity Lutheran Church in Brilliant, Wisconsin. My name is Pastor Ross Henze, one of the pastors here at Trinity. We also have Pastor Thomas Fricky, Glad to be here. And our principal, Mr. David Nittle. Hello. In our last podcast, we searched the scriptures to see what it teaches about the Lord's Supper. Jesus gave us this gift to remember what he did for us and to receive from him his personal promise that our sins are forgiven and that we belong to him. Today our discussion will attempt to solve the question Why are there so many different denominations? According to some research I found, there are approximately 4,200 religions in the world. Christianity is just one of them. However, in the United States alone, there are over 200 denominations within the Christian Church. These denominations are divided into three large groups. Protestants, mainline and evangelical, and then Catholics. For example, Lutherans fall under the category of Protestants. They can further be divided into approximately 40 subsets of Lutheran. The three largest Lutheran church bodies in America are the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. The same thing can be said of the Baptists, the Presbyterians, Methodists, Episcopalians, Mainline, and a number of non-denomination, non-denomination churches. Here in the city of Brilliant, we have six different churches, Holy Family Catholic Church, Trinity Lutheran Church, which is Wells, St. Bartholomew Lutheran Church, which is Missouri Synod, Faith Methodist, Brilliant Community Church, and Peace United Church of Christ. So here's some questions. Tom, can you explain why we have so many different denominations, even within the Lutheran Church? Well, the, the risk of oversimplifying, I could boil
2: it down to two words, false doctrine, but uh, it probably needs to be a little bit unpacked. Uh, once I say that, the, the, the world can be divided into two basic religions, and one of them is the religion of grace, that we're saved by faith alone in Christ our Savior, and that of works, uh, that salvation comes by by doing, and therefore it's no longer a pure gift of God's grace. It's it's something that happens because of what we do. Uh, To the extent that churches depart from the religion of grace, to that extent they end up falling away from the true faith. Uh, So maybe I should mention that not all not all false doctrine is a soul-destroying heresy, but all false doctrine is in some way a danger to the soul. And some Lutheran churches, I should also maybe mention, have departed
1: from biblical truth. So just kind of a follow-up question to that. Do do you think that it, is it they just, they have a difference of opinion, or they have a different definition for certain teachings or doctrines, or is that what it is, or is it, uh, you know, kind of going along with you said? What do you think?
2: Well, what it comes down to is, uh, you know, ultimately what is the authority for what it is that you're teaching? Is it uh, your own human opinion, your thoughts, or is it
1: based on God's Word? Okay, thank you. Uh, Dave, here's another question. Although there may be some subtle differences, aren't all churches, all Christian churches, aren't we all basically the same?
0: Well, a lot of people think that, but the honest answer is no. Even though all these churches may teach about Jesus, what they teach about him is very different from each other. For example, the Catholic Church teaches that Jesus did most of what we need to be saved, but there's still some more that we need to do.
1: Okay, so subtle differences. Where, uh, it, may, it may not be huge to one person or one denomination to another denomination. No, wait a minute. That's not subtle. That's something huge. For example, how does a person get to heaven? Uh, someone might say, "Well, that's just a subtle difference what you believe versus what we believe," and we would say, "No, that's that's pretty huge." You know, do you get to heaven by grace through faith, or do you get to heaven uh, by your how you how good of a person you are and how nice of a person you are? Well, there's a big difference there, so it's not so subtle. Yes. Yes. All right. Number three, Tom. How and or why. Do these differences keep us apart? Well, um, they, they keep us apart because uh,
2: there, there are definitely differences. You cannot reconcile uh, salvation by grace alone with salvation by works plus faith. The two just are totally at odds with one another. That would be one example. Uh, You cannot reconcile, either the Bible is entirely God's Word and without error or the Bible is mostly God's Word and there may be some human error in it. Those two points of view are going to just not be able to be reconciled. So at some point, you know, the scriptures remind us that uh, we we need to separate from those who are false teachers. Jesus said that uh, false teachers. Uh, will come to you in sheep's clothing. They're going to appear to be innocent. Uh, There is no false teaching that is a threat to the church. If it's something that is blatantly false and obvious, the the greatest threats to the church are those that are going to be more subtle. Uh, So, yeah, uh, false teachers are going to appear to be like innocent sheep, but they're going to be, as Jesus says, ferocious wolves. Paul talks about those who teach the things that people's itching ears want to hear. So we need to separate from all false teaching because it can end up leading us further away from biblical truth and subsequently further away from our faith. It all poses a danger to our
1: souls. All right, I'm going to follow that up with a question uh, that maybe is uh, related to this, but maybe in 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 a way that maybe some of our listeners might be able to relate to in some communities uh, they might have an ecumenical service and by that i mean different denominations they all get together and they worship together however we uh, have always shied away from something like that you know so in some communities you see that taking place but you know we're not a part of that can you just explain there's got to be a reason why we don't do that. I understand why some gather together like that, but can you help explain, I think you did, but can you help in a practical way what does that mean? Why don't we? If we all get together
2: uh, in in that kind of service, then it creates some confusion as to what is proper teaching and what's not. It's not difficult for somebody who says well, you know, nobody really knows what the complete truth of Scripture is, it's not a problem for somebody who holds that kind of point of view to get together with other people and gather with them in an ecumenical kind of worship service. But when you say, no, Scripture is clear, and this is what the Bible teaches, and we need to hold firmly to that, uh, it, it only creates confusion for people when we get together with those who teach differently from what Scripture says. Uh, it, it, it causes people to wonder, you know, uh, can I interpret the Bible uh, in multiple different ways and still be standing on, on uh, solid ground spiritually? And so it, it, we just want to keep away from causing people this kind of doctrinal confusion and make a clear testimony to the
1: truth. All right. Now, I, I loved your answer, but that leads to my very next question. Okay, so we, how, how do we know that we're right, how, that what we believe and teach, how do we know that is correct versus somebody else? Uh, Dave, uh, can you chime in on this? H- how do we then say, hey, wait a minute, we got this right and you got that wrong because they're saying the same thing as us. You know they think they got it right. So how how do you how do we know what's true? Well,
0: I think the mistake gets made when people start relying on their own understanding of Scripture, right? And in the wells, the practice always is that we don't add anything to Scripture, we don't subtract anything from Scripture. And on those occasions where there's question and what does this mean, or when Scripture seems to contradict itself we go back to the Scripture again and let Scripture
1: interpret Scripture. And so when we have those kind of disagreements on how you interpret what the Scriptures have to say, we join together with those who are in agreement with us, correct? And if they're not in agreement with us, God bless you, but we're not going to join together in worship with you correct? Am I right, fellas? Yes, and
2: uh, we, you know, we're always going to be informed by Scripture. If uh, uh, We need to be informed by it and corrected by it, and if not, we're just going to find ourselves adjusting or correcting God's Word, and that that just uh, uh, ends up in in the wrong kind of, uh, we're going in the wrong direction whenever we start to depart from Scripture. So as Dave said, you know, what does Scripture plainly say? We
1: always go back to that. At the same time, I think it's fair to say that we could, we could also come and say Scripture doesn't address every topic under the sun. For example, uh, it doesn't tell us specifically when to worship or how to worship or what the service necessarily must have this or that. We have that Christian freedom in many different, uh, in many different areas. And the fancy term for that is called adiaphora that we have that Christian freedom to choose what we think is best for us. Uh, and so even, even among us, uh, in our church body, we might have some who choose to worship one way and others may have a different style of worship. I know in our congregation we try to add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, to expose <coughs> people to the different ways of being able to worship. But... Uh, That's always something else I think that we need to keep in mind. All right, let's go on to the next question. Tom, can you briefly explain what some of the major differences are between us and, and other churches? Yeah, uh, I think one major difference we've kind of
2: referred to already is what is your authority? Is it God's Word or is it inner conviction or is it something other than God's Word like uh, council of church leaders? Uh, What is your view towards Scripture? Is it inspired by God? Is it all inspired by God or just partially? Is it inerrant without error in any part or is it uh, maybe partially without error but also... Uh, human error has crept into it in some kind of way. That causes some problems. What about um, the sacraments, uh, the Lord's Supper? Is Christ's body and blood truly present in the Lord's Supper? Uh, Or uh, is uh, Christ's body and blood, is it impossible for that to be truly present in the sacrament? Does baptism really work faith and forgiveness? Does it work faith also in little children and infants? Uh, What about our own works? What role do our own imperfect works play in salvation? Do they play a role or don't they? Uh, All of those are different kinds of questions that come up between the denominations. In the case of the Catholic Church, the final authority resides not in Scripture, but it resides in the Church's interpretation of Scripture and in the Papacy. Uh, in other churches, uh, it becomes personal opinion or culture, not scripture alone, that culture ends up being the what determines how do we interpret what the Bible has to say. And we'll say, no, it, it comes down to scripture alone.
1: Yeah, and I to follow up on that and just to maybe say what you said just a slightly different way, within the Christian church, in Christian denominations there are differences of opinion on on what the Lord's Supper is and what's taking place differences of opinion on baptism differences of opinion is the Bible actually God's verbally inspired word or is it a guidebook am I allowed to interpret what I think it means or is it an as you mentioned earlier is it an absolute truth that this is what he said this is what he means this is what it is And so within the Christian church, you do have those differences of opinion. And that's what really leads to these different denominations. And so people go and they join the church that ends up following what they're more inclined to believe, for the most part. All right. um, Dave, why is it such an importance for us that we acknowledge it? that there are differences among us among even among christian churches why is that such an important thing
0: well the bible is very clear that we need to be united in our beliefs in order to enjoy fellowship together to worship together Uh, and that's that's just scriptural Uh, Also saying that our church is the same as another one when there are significant differences in doctrine could be very confusing for people like Pastor Fricky, so eloquently said, and we certainly don't want to put a stumbling block in
1: anybody's way. And that even happened in the early church, correct, where they ended up having creeds the, uh, the creeds came out, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed. They became statements of faith because there were growing differences of opinion. And so Christians gathered together and said, No, here's my creed, this is my statement of faith, this is what I believe. And I, I think it's also true that there are some Christian denominations where they don't really want to be tied down to specific doctrine. They, they don't really put their statement of faith out there because uh, they, want to, they want to be as inclusive as possible without being able to say, this is what I believe. Again, so that allows you to kind of take your own personal opinion of what you think it would be, and we're all accepting of that, versus we would say, no, this is what we believe on that specific subject. This, this is what the Bible teaches. This is where we stand. Okay. Uh, here's another question. Tom, are these differences enough to keep us from worshiping with each other? And, I mean, come on, we, we all say we believe in Jesus. Don't we really worship the same God? Well,
2: among Christian denominations, I think we can say, yeah, we, we do worship... Uh, the same God, and yet uh, those differences of uh, teaching do prevent us from worshiping with one another. Uh, Christians are all who trust in Jesus Christ and their Savior, but uh, at the same time, uh, there are false doctrines that just tend to take people away from that faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Every false teaching, as we said earlier, uh, poses a danger to the soul and causes a a great deal of confusion and uh, robs people of comfort. And uh, these are reasons for us to stay separate from those who teach falsely. Uh, The Apostle Paul uh, encourages the the Christians in Rome to watch out for those who are teaching contrary to the doctrine that they had learned, uh, the, the true teaching of Scripture, and avoid them. And we need to be bound to keep that same, uh, or, or practice that same thing uh, with regard to those who are departing from the truth of God's word. It's important for us to be able to do that, to keep our teaching strong
1: and pure. And Jesus said the same thing too, right? If you hold to all of my teachings, then you're really my disciple. Stay. Well, I know that... that...
0: The Wells, in particular, has kind of gotten a name that we're standoffish and that we don't join in those ecumenical types of services. I remember after nine eleven, you know there were a lot of those types of services where people joined together, and the Wells churches typically stayed away from those. And Pastor Fricky mentioned that that passage from Romans, you know to 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 stay away from those people who have those divisions. But why do we do it? You know, it's not to be standoffish. It's really an act of love. Because we don't want to, like we have said before, we don't want to create the impression that we believe the same thing. So it might seem like it's, you know, very standoffish or aloof, but it's really to communicate to them there are important differences and let's talk about those so that maybe at some point we could worship together.
1: All right, so let me kind of, that kind of leads into my next question, and uh, I could offer this up to both of you. So does that mean that really we in the Wisconsin Synod we only want to come to we only want Wisconsin Synod people to come to our worship services, right? Do we check your ID at the door to see if you're Wisconsin Synod, or are other people welcome to join us for worship? Can you help me with that? Tom, you can start. Well, we're happy to share the truth with with all. And so everyone is
2: welcome in our worship service. We we do recognize that there are, you know, faithful believers in other denominations, in other congregations, uh, wherever the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Uh, We do know that uh, saving faith is going to be worked in people's hearts. However, we do have to recognize that there are these differences in teaching. And so, until we, we know that somebody is in agreement with what it is that we teach, then we do not permit them. To receive the Lord's Supper in our midst, which would be an act uh, that demonstrates our unity in belief and faith. But at the same time, we want to share the gospel with all. We want to be able uh, to assure people that through Jesus Christ their sins are forgiven. They can be sure that they have a place waiting for them in heaven because this is what Jesus has done.
0: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, we, we want to make sure that we are following Jesus' command to share that word with everyone and so absolutely it's not a you don't have to share your membership card at the door right Uh, come in and 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 hear what Jesus has to say to
1: you and it gives us an opportunity to proclaim what we believe this this is what we believe this is what we believe scripture is teaching this is who Jesus is this is what Jesus has done for you isn't it amazing he did it all and there's nothing that we have to do. And this the blessings of heaven are ours by grace through faith. Now, I got another question here. What about people who do not have a church home? You know, uh, we've been talking about people who are, you know, they, they're they members at other denominations. But what about somebody who doesn't have a church home? Are they welcome to join us for worship?
0: Absolutely. Um, that reminds me of... of... The, the calling of Jesus' first disciples And and Philip who had been called by Jesus Went and, and sought out his friend Nathaniel And it was a very simple invitation Come and see Just come and see Come and see the Savior And that's what we want to do Is just invite people to see Jesus
2: Come and find out what we're all about Listen to what the Word of God has to say And ultimately it is tremendously comforting To know that uh, we're, we're though we are completely <laughs> sinful human beings with a sinful nature from the core uh, it, at the core uh, we we have a savior Jesus Christ who has removed all of our guilt and sin and uh, we can be absolutely certain and at peace knowing that God has removed that barrier of sin and given us a place in heaven
1: okay so s- I just have one more thing, and that is we've been talking about differences a lot, differences between us and other denominations, and how, you know, it, what might be a subtle difference to one person might be something huge to us, and so on and so forth. But for all of our differences, there is still something that unites us. And what is that? And then how can we celebrate that? Uh, Dave, could you take that? Yeah, it's
0: God's love, right? Uh, God's love unites us as members of the Holy Christian Church, which is en- encompasses all believers in Jesus. And we can celebrate that because we know that if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and you don't need to do anything like you said, Pastor it's it, It's full, it's free, it's for you. You will be in heaven no matter what church body you belong to on earth.
1: I, and I think I just wanted to end really with that very same thought. Thank you, Dave. That, that whole concept of, yes, there are differences among us, and we can let those differences become a dividing block between us. And in some cases, that has to be. But we can still celebrate the fact that uh, on when the good Lord comes again or when the good Lord calls us home, those who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior we're all going to be together in heaven. And I think we need to make sure that we continue to celebrate the fact that we are all, all those who believe in Jesus, living or dead, if you believe in Jesus, you are a member of the Holy Christian Church. And that is still something that we need to celebrate. Absolutely. All right. So the reason... We'll just summarize everything. The reason there are so many different denominations is because Christians are not in agreement on all the teachings found in the Bible. Some denominations believe the Bible to be God's verbally inspired word and true in every part. Others view the Bible to be more of a guidebook as opposed to absolute truth. There are also differences about baptism, the Lord's Supper, and if if a person can contribute to or participate in their own salvation. Some welcome the diversity of beliefs. Others see the differences as a reason why we don't worship together. Yet despite our differences, we do share the fact that we're all members of the Holy Christian Church. If you believe in Jesus as your Savior, regardless of what denomination you are a member in, we will all be together in heaven. Praise God for that. Lord willing, we'll pick up our podcast again in the near future. Have a great day.